Welcome to Reflections from the Heart, presented by Stewardship, a mission of faith. Reflections from the Heart with your host, David Abel, is an outreach of Gospel Reflection, a ministry of Stewardship, a mission of faith. For the next 30 minutes, please join David as he breaks open the bread of life in the Gospel reading for Sunday's Mass. And as the same Holy Spirit who inspired the biblical writers, inspires us today with the truths he reveals to our hearts through his word. Now, here's David with Reflections from the Heart. Hello and welcome everybody to Reflections from the Heart. My name is Rob Longo with Stewardship and Mission of Faith, and I'm here today with Tom DeAngelis and Tom Fertile. How are you guys doing? All right. Good. Good morning, Rob. Thanks. Uh, so good to be here with you guys. And our brother David is uh, away. So David, we miss you, buddy. Have a, have a great trip. We look forward to, to having you back. Uh, so today, as we do always on Reflections from the Heart, we're going to look at the gospel that we will hear this coming Sunday. So for all those who've been with us before, welcome back. For those who are new, it's it's an amazing experience to to really open up the word before Sunday. So you're not hearing it for the first time on Sunday. So by the time you get to mass and you hear the gospel, you're like you're anticipating, all right, what's the priest or the deacon going to going to preach about? So it's a, it's a lot of fun. So thank you for joining us. And this Sunday's gospel is from Mark, and it's Mark chapter 1 verses 1 to 8. So if you're able to grab a Bible or Go on to usccb.org or any other app you may have, Mark 1, 1 to 8. But before we do that, Tom Fertile, could you open us up with a prayer? Absolutely, absolutely. In the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Spirit, Amen. amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the gift of this day. We thank you for the gift of the seasons at this time where nature goes through radical transformation in the in the heavily in the midst of the fall, rapidly approaching winter and the world around us changes, we also enter into this time of Advent. Advent is a time of preparation, a time of change, a time of awareness. And so, Lord, we ask that you would work that same miracle within our each of our hearts, that we may be prepared for a time of change, that we may get ready for the good things in store you have for us, that we may be prepared for the challenges that you present to us, but most importantly, that we'd be open to your grace and to your mercy and to your love, that we too, as in nature, can be trans- transformed into new creations who work to build your kingdom in the here and now. And we ask all of this in your name. Amen. 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 In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. That's beautiful, Tom. Thank you. And Tom, Tom D., yeah. you can read the gospel for us, please. Sure. Again, it's uh, from Mark's gospel, chapter 1, verse 1 to 8. The beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. As it is written in Isaiah the prophet, Behold, I am sending my messenger ahead of you. He will prepare your way. A voice of one crying out in the desert, Prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight his paths. John the Baptist appeared in the desert, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. People of the whole Judean countryside and all of the inhabitants of Jerusalem were going out to him and were being baptized by him in the Jordan River as they acknowledged their sins. John was clothed in camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist. He fed on locusts and wild honey. And this is what he proclaimed. One mightier than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to stoop and loosen the thongs of his sandals. I have baptized you with water. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. The gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, Lord Lord Jesus Jesus Christ. Christ. You got to love John. John the Baptist, man. I would have loved to have been able to hang out with him for for a little bit. Such such boldness. He 
it was so on fire for the Lord, and you know he was he was doing what God had called him to do, and, and it makes me think of of the gospel last week, and it was really reassuring when reflecting on it, not only here with you guys, but then uh, in, in in some school visits that we did. The one verse that, or the one group of words that kept coming out, jumping out at me was uh, each one, you know, each one had their own work, something to that effect. So the, you know, the, the, the story gospel last week, be watchful, be alert. So the, the, the master left and then each one had their own work. So John had this work to do, right? God gave John this work, this, this job. He gave John a set of gifts in order to accomplish that. And it's beautiful that, you know, I would have loved to have seen him in action, uh, Use, using the gifts that God has given him for for building the kingdom and and going about his work, and my hope would be that I would look at John and I would appreciate his gifts. I would smile at his quote unquote successes. You know, people coming, they're repenting, as opposed to looking at looking at him, you know, with eyes of jealousy or envy. Right? That that we all have our own work. God gave us work to do. God gave us gifts, and uh, what a day it will be in my life if I can truly appreciate the gifts in others and the success and the work that others are doing, as opposed to looking at it in an, with an eye of, well, well maybe I, I should do that, or I wish I could do that. Um, so John had a job, right? He had gifts and, uh, and he went and he did it. And people came, you know, the truth and his zeal, it, it, it attracted people. Uh, and he was, he was repentance. That's a tough message to give. You got to change. I mean, people don't want to hear that, right? Uh, but he did it. So praise God for John the Baptist. You know, mm-hmm. finding our, like you said, our, our what, what's our path? Not And my path may not be your path and my job may not be your job. You know, we're, we're watching the last uh, two nights we were watching at home The Sound of Music, um, you know, during during Advent. It's not Lent as the kids remind us, but we still give up yeah. a couple of things. So we've given up uh, all the video games and uh, and screens, you know, for Advent and, and doing some family time. And, you know, Sound of Music, of course, is a great classic. But, you know, one of the simplest scenes in there, which is still so powerful, is when, you know, the, the mother superior, is talking to Maria and basically says, you know, what have you, what have you learned during your time here in the Abbey? And she says, you know, it's that the the, the the goal of life is to find the will of God in your life and to follow it wholeheartedly. And that's just those simple lines. Just every time I watch, it just it's just like a reminder of what you just got done saying, Rob. And that's that's it. What is what is the will of God in your life? And what is the path that you're called to? And what is the work that He has in front of you? Because it's it's easy to get caught up in you know what what everyone else is doing, or or you know, should I be more like Saint Francis, or should I be more like you know Mother? No, you be be you, you know, Saint Rob, you know, Saint Tom. You're you're called for for your work, and um, you know, we can draw inspiration from others, of course, and learn from their examples, and definitely some of their their habits, etc. Um, but uh, you know, it's it's not empty words that it, that God has a, a plan for each one of us. You know, we we hear that a lot, and sometimes we go, well, does that really mean me? Yeah, <laughs> you know, it, it does, and that's yeah. uh, that 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 simple prayer of you know, what what is my path? You know, where what is the work that you have for me to do today? You know, it could be just today. It could be this week. Could be uh, you know over the course of a lifetime. But uh, to uh, to find the will of God in your life and to and to, to uh, follow it wholeheartedly. The words of Maria, you know, <laughs> the words <laughs> of our awesome. Lord, the words of John, you know, <laughs> all still definitely apply today, no doubt. Too, I was thinking, Rob. You know, I 
I don't know uh, if I would want to follow John's path. You know, the the wardrobe is not so good. You know, and the, and the diet. You know, the locusts. Not the wild much, honey. Not, not much manja manja going yeah, on. Right? Come on. The, the wild honey wouldn't be bad, but I'm not sure about the locusts. But uh, but I, I I do think too. In in addition to finding our own path, there's also embedded in this in this gospel a sense of we can get off the path too you know in in our quest to find god's will for us in our life we can end up at some points in our life where we look around and say what am i doing here this isn't where i'm supposed to be i know it's not right you know and this whole idea of repentance as turning back to god you know turning around being facing god again you know and or calling out to god for you know let me see your face i mean that's all through the scriptures the old testament particularly um, but also in doing that, recognizing that we need to turn back to God is also recognizing where we've, you know, in the Old Testament sense, where we've missed the mark, where where we haven't hit the target, where we haven't hit the bullseye and say, well, what can I do? You know, how can I refocus? How can I get myself back on track and get my aim more precise? And I think that's a big part of, of Advent. Uh, I, I do remember, too, from the theology of the body, we talked a lot about identity and our identity in terms of our relationship with God and our relationship with Christ is really not just our identity, it's also our destiny. And therefore, it starts to define our vocation. Who who we are has a lot to do with where we're going, where we're headed and where we're aiming. And I think pointing to God and having that, you know, we at least know generically that the will of God in our life is that we get grow closer to him through the person of Christ. So kind of you know, in general, but what does that mean specifically for me? Like, where do I run across situations where I can be Christ for others or where people, I can allow people or embrace people so that they can be Christ for me, you know? Because I think that's a big part I've been wrestling with too, is not just always wanting to be Christ for other people, but maybe how do I let other people be Christ for Mm -hmm. me? How do I let them be the person that they're called to be? What can I do to encourage that or entice that out of them? How can I call call forth Christ from who they are too so I think that's a big part of what what we're called to do for Advent of course as we repent and turn back to God you know he's our he's our he's our aim he's our destiny he's what we're shooting for a friend of mine Tom used to say that you know we always identify with the good Samaritan but sometimes we need to identify with the guy on the side of the road who got beat up and <laughs> yeah. let others be the good Samaritan you know yeah. <laughs> we forget yeah. that sometimes yeah. sometimes we're called for one or the other yeah and, and that could be pride Right, that we yeah, don't, we don't, we don't want to, yeah. we don't want to accept the help. And I just, as you guys are sharing this, I just just circled three words on the on the sheet: acknowledge their sins. Right. So in order for us to repent, we have to acknowledge our sinfulness, our sins, right. you know, sinfulness in general, and then sins specific. You know, what's our tendency, and right. and that takes a lot of going out into the desert. And if you look at the accompanying reading from Isaiah that we'll hear in the first reading, the colon is after the word out, a voice of one crying out, colon. Mm-hmm. In the desert, prepare the way of the Lord. Mm-hmm. So for me, when I read that from Isaiah, I feel like God's calling me to go out into the desert, which is silence, right? And uh, I don't know about you guys, but I don't like being little silent and hidden. You know, that's what uh, St. Yeah. Joseph teaches us you know, as, yeah. as the exemplar father. You know, he was little, he was silent, he was hidden, but he was so effective. You know, he mm-hmm. is the patron saint of the well, universal church of Father. Right. I mean, he's, you know, God glorified him, but in his life, he remained little, silent, and hidden. And I think that's what our Lord is calling us to do. Just go out into the desert, prayer, right? Go out into the desert, pray, right. silence, meditation, meet me, 
God is saying, just meet me in the desert. Let me fill you up, right? So then you can go out and uh, be, be Christ. But if through that meeting in the desert, I need to be open to the Lord revealing you know what are my you know what 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 what's the area that I that I fall most you mm-hmm. know what what's you know help me Lord to identify to acknowledge the sins you know because without acknowledging them then he it's tough for the Lord to to come in with his grace. Well, we, you know, we get this, you know, and uh, and what, what's I'm going to mess up my musicals here. Which musical, you know, prepare ye the way oh, of the Lord. Right, the gospel, right? Yeah. Gospel, I'm thinking. Uh, that's because I'm, old, with the other, I'm right? old enough to remember <laughs> you know, when it came that, out. Yeah. Uh, now that's, you know, of course, you know, Palm Sunday-ish, but yeah. that prepare the way of the Lord. Like when we hear that, I, I think a lot of times, you know, we we think of preparing the way of the Lord, that we're to go out in society and to fight the fights that are out there in the culture and to, et cetera. But I think, Rob, what you're saying, that the first preparation, is the way through my heart. You know, am I prepared? You know, the God right. wants to work in us first. So that time in the desert, that time alone, um, you know, again, John the Baptist went out into the desert. He had that quiet time before he began. And then, of course, we see Jesus does the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, beginning before his ministry, uh, before he selects the apostles, you know, before, of course, the agony in the garden, he always takes that time away, that time, uh, the classic sense of retreat, of taking time alone, taking time to just, again, pray. And his prayer, of course, was always, you know, that the Father's will be done. So, as we, as much as we want to go out and change the world, and and we should fight some of these battles in today's society, the first line of preparation is is the, my own preparation, and um, part of that, of course, the, probably the central part of it is acknowledging my sinfulness, where am I wrong, um, and making amends for those things, and going to confession, so that your heart, your soul is ready to then accept the the bigger tasks at hand that the Holy Spirit might have for you. But it starts with preparing the way, our way, the way of our heart first, and then we can be, then we can be for others. I think one of the things too that uh, that you just touched on, Tom, that is becoming more a part of my uh, experience of the sacrament of penance is uh, is the firm purpose of amendment you, about making amends. You know, we confess our sins, we we resolve not to sin again, but we also make a resolve that we will amend our lives. You know, as part of the the old act of contrition, um, that will that we will make things better, and that requires that we not only um, put the sin behind us, but we look at what a better thing to do would be than what we did. You know, what is the virtue that I practice? You know, if it's if I have a problem with, you know, with chastity, uh, do, can I practice chastity? You know, if I if I if I've fallen into adultery or fornication or pornography or something like that, can I? What do I do to strengthen that? What do I do to amend my life to make it better? And I think that's a big part of this idea of repentance. Uh, forgiveness of sins, recognition of sin, but also what is it that I have to do? You know, if you, again, you go back to that biblical sense of the, the word of sin, the word sin translated as missing the, missing the mark, you know, missing the bullseye in the middle of the target. Well, sometimes we don't even hit the target. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes we're just shooting arrows and we didn't even know there was a target, you know, like somebody needs to tell us there's a place that we're supposed to be hitting. We need to have a destiny. We need to have a destination for that. But the other thing is that refinement of over a period of time, I had the good fortune when I was a kid to be able to get an archery merit badge in Boy Scouts. But so, and you work at it, you work at it, you work at it, you know, and uh, uh, and you finally you can hit the target consistently. But then it's a matter of how do I get in to the inner rings, you know, and that takes time. What did I do wrong? How did I did I did I jerk the bow? Did I pull back too far? Did I not pull back far enough? What you know? 
And you develop this consistency and this sense of discipline and the sense of uh, getting a sense of it. And then the other thing I'll just throw in real quick is that I remember reading about years later and remembering my experiences, because I haven't practiced archery for years, but talking about people who do that you know, at the Olympic level or at the world-class level uh, or these people in Japan who do, it's an art where they, 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 you know, the traditional Japanese archery where they will get into a different way where they, they don't see anything else. All they see is the bull. They don't, it's not even just the target. It's the bullseye right in the center. And they say it gets big and it gets bright and there's nothing else. You're just looking at that. And for so for a sense, they go into, in a way, they go into this state of mind of focus, but it takes discipline to get to that level of focus. And I've often thought about that being um, contemplative prayer, you know, that we, we get, we sit in front of the Blessed Sacrament, we look at the bullseye, mm. but but our mind's all, you know, are going off over here, we're going off over there. But when we just get ourselves to focus on that and that the tabernacle, the blessed sacrament becomes huge and there's nothing else, you know, that we get into that mindset of, and so that whole idea that grows out of this old biblical sense of missing the target, you know, missing the bullseye of what sin is, gives you a whole other direction to go in and you're talking about amending your life. How can I get, how can I grow more closely in my relationship with Christ? You know, there's the target right there. And and when you're talking about targets, Tom, I'm, I'm also thinking of a word a word that you use, vocation, and you also use mm-hmm. destination, and you know we can throw in sanctification. So Devin yeah. Shad, who's uh, heading up the the new, newest ministry at Stewardship, the Fathers of Saint Joseph, talks about that 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 our destination, our sanctification, will be accomplished only through our vocation. So if we right. are husbands and fathers, that's where that's where we need to right. be first. That's our target first. And uh, and we need to to focus on that. And if you're a young person listening, and you know, so your your vocation, your state in life right now is is a son or daughter, and a student, you know, son or daughter of God, son or daughter of your parents, and then a student. Um, so you know, it's a, a lot of that is okay. God, where do you have me? What is yeah. what is my vocation? And and it's within the vocation that you're going to hear God's voice. Right. So if we're if we're chasing everything and we're doing all this good stuff outside of our vocation. You know, God's gonna. Yeah. He, he's gonna. He needs us to be focused first on yeah. our vocation, and then everything flows from there. Right. I'm. I'm thinking of a quote that I cut out of. I don't know Sunday Visitor or something years ago. It's in my journal. Um, it and it's from a, one of the Dominican sisters, I think, in Nashville, where she said mm-hmm. she was quoted as saying, "Our vocation is the place where we learn to love the best." Mm-hmm. And I think about that often because it's really. And then I did see, um, uh, I did see a video that Father Baron, Bishop Barron, uh, now uh, did, and he said the same thing. It's that when we're searching for our vocation, it's that place where we can love the best, where we're we're at our best in terms of being able to love, and that's really what we're called to. I mean, if God is love, as Saint John says. You know, in his epistles and in the, in the gospels, then that's that's not only our our destiny; it's also our vocation. You know, because the other thing is you reflect on from an abstract perspective is that love is really the only thing that can be not only an end but a means. You know, like we we want to become one in love; we want to become love, but the only way we can do that is by loving. <laughs> So it's it's you know the target is also the bow and arrow. <laughs> it's the same thing. We have to learn how to do that in order to be that. 
and, and talk so about it. So vacation is our destiny when yeah. we learn when it's the right thing. So imagine sitting in front of our Lord with our eye on the target, the Eucharist, uh, the source and summit of our faith. And we ask that question, Lord, where do I need to repent within my vocation right. as a husband, as a wife, as a, as a father, as a mother? You know, wh- where do I need to repent? What, do, what changes do I need to make within my vocation? Because, Tom, when you said you know, it's within our vocation where we learn to love best, I'm thinking, wow, that's because it's hardest sometimes to love. So, yeah. when, when you hear our Lord say the greatest commandment is you know, love God with all your heart, mind, and soul. The second is like it, love your neighbor. And a lot of times it's like, oh, yeah, the neighbor out there is easy to love, right? That's yeah. cool. But then within the walls of your house, sometimes it's, it's hard. Yeah. You, know, you know, families are saint-making machines, not because it's easy, yeah. but because it's, yeah. it's, it's challenging, right? You know, our, our, our rough edges are smoothed off and uh, love is sacrifice. So if, mm-hmm. if, if our vocation is where we learn to love, that means within our vocation is where we learn to sacrifice. You know, if, if love is sacrifice, it takes a lot of sacrifice within our vocation to be the husband, wife, father, mother, whatever your vocation is that, that we're called to be. And it's, and it's, you know, it's a, it's a process. It's, it's a, it's a journey. It's not a destination. You're like, oh, okay, I'm effectively now loving within my, you know, it's, you know, I always say with marriage, you know, it's not 50, 50, it's a hundred, hundred, you know, it's uh, yeah. and love is a verb, you know, it's, you know, love conquers all. Well, yeah, but it takes a lot of work, you know, it just doesn't happen. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, it's, so it's a process. And I, and I think, you know, simple, simple, um, simple steps, simple decisions, going back to the scripture here of preparing, you know, I, I look at my life and a lot of times try to reduce it very simply. Whatever I'm considering, whatever action, whatever I'm going to say, whatever I'm going to do, is this preparing the way? Go back to our, again, the scripture. Is this preparing the way of my heart or is it hindering? You know, mm-hmm. and it sounds so simplistic and yet a lot of times that just cuts to the chase because we can get wrapped up in, you know, and, and you know, debating um, ideas or what should I do here or, or, or how should I live my life? And a lot of it can be very simply. Is, is this, would God be happy with this or, 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 or wouldn't he? You know, when we were, I taught morality, we used to have the test of, you know, imagine your mother was with you. You know, whatever you're <laughs> thinking about doing or saying, if your mother was sitting next to you, would you do it? You know, and that, yeah. it sounds childish, but yet, Wow. I mean, in most every case, it gives you the right moral answer, you know, and I think the same way when it comes to our our lives with Christ, you know, would this, would God approve? Would would God say, great, good job here, my faithful servant. This is what I want you to say or do right now. Or would he wouldn't? And that's little things like that. I I help us, help us on the journey and and make the long journey into into little uh, baby steps. So if you're aiming your bow and arrow a little bit too low or a little bit (laughs) off the target, mom will get you right back. Right, that's right. That's right. (laughs) Push your arm over, get you right back on, on the track there. I'm thinking of a quote that, uh, again, from St. Therese of Lisieux, at least I heard it attributed to her, it says, when I pray, I always get what I want because I always want what I get. Ooh. Mm. So, and I think wow. about that That's often good. in terms of God's will because, you know, a lot of times the worst, the worst temptations I get sometimes mm. are when I'm in the middle of doing something that might be considered insignificant for somebody else. You know, you're 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 doing some charity work at church, or you're you know you're working at a soup kitchen, or you're doing something like that. And you and all of a sudden it comes into your mind: I could be doing something more productive right now. I shouldn't I shouldn't be doing this. I should be doing something else. You know, or you're helping fold clothes, or you're doing something for you know for a little kid someplace or something like that. And you think oh, I ought to be doing this. That's the worst. It's absolutely because it steals. 
steals the whatever the joy was in that little act that you were doing for somebody, it steals it away. It also gets you off track of saying, look, this is what God put in front of me right now. This is what I have mm-hmm. to deal with. This is the person, you know, at the checkout counter or the person at the, you know, on the street that I ran into or at the gas station or whatever. That's what God put in front of me right now, and that's what I should be. I should be looking to do the best I can and bring Him into that situation instead of saying, "Oh, I ought to be back at the office or I ought to be at home working on you know something." And maybe a way, maybe a way for all of us to to prepare is to be focused on the one, O N E, God, mm-hmm. and then the one, O N E, who God put in front of us. Right, a lot of times you said we, we we get distracted. We want to feed the masses, and we mm-hmm. miss the opportunity to give one person right. a sandwich. Yeah, or we right, want right. to like speak to ten thousand people, and someone in front of us needs to hear "I love you," yeah. or "You can do it," or you know, you know, let's try one more time, or you know, can I help you with that? Like, one like, when Jesus on the feast of Christ the King said about you know when I was hungry, when I was thirsty, and you know, he yeah. said whenever you did it to one. Of the least, mm-hmm. you did it to me. And whenever right. you did not do it to one, one, he didn't say to the masses, to one. So, you know, in, in our preparation, who is that one? Like, who is the one that God's putting in front of you? And, you know, Lord, please give us the grace to allow our, our schedule, our agenda to be interrupted, to to be with that one. Because when we are, yeah. we're with you. And that time we spend in front of the Blessed Sacrament, getting us refocused, allows us to be able to bring that to our interactions with people, whether it's, you know, one person or whether it's speaking in front of a multitude of people, but just to be, you know, to you can't be Christ for other people if you don't know who he is. If you don't know him intimately, you can't bring the intimacy of Christ to other people, and you can't call that out from other people if you don't know what it looks like because you've never experienced it. And there's nothing more powerful, I think, in anyone's life than to, you know, the people who you admire the most, who love the most, or you feel the best about are ones who, when you're with them, you feel like the most important person at that moment. So, you know, Rob, you're saying about the one, you know, attention given, dedicated to one person, spouse, child, friend, stranger in a bus stop. You know, that, that's, that's powerful moments there, you know, because in, in, our, in our world that's full of noise and clutter and impersonal relationships, you know, truly taking time to focus on one, I think, is an incredibly powerful step, you know, no doubt about it. Yeah, so it takes an openness, and, and God in his mercy will sometimes reveal, like, I missed a, an opportunity last week with one, and I was re- reflecting on that, uh, and then two days later, he gave me an opportunity again, you know, where I was at a school, the schedule ended earlier than I thought, which is what I needed. And I was like trying to figure out how to get out of it. And God teed it up, say, oh, wow, it ends earlier than, than you thought. You know, you're going to be able to get back to where, you know, where you need to be, quote unquote, in my mind. And then a student at the end of that last session came to me with tears in her eyes and needed to talk. So and that was God's mercy. And in his mercy, I realized, well, this is the one where I missed two days prior and you know i reflected on it you know maybe it wasn't for that it was for the next one yeah right that god prepared me for that next one um where this this girl was able to open up her heart so let's pray for each other you know three of us here everybody out in uh, in in radio land that we will be attentive to the one god bless you all reflections from the heart has been presented by stewardship a mission of faith We hope that you've been blessed and encouraged as you listen to Reflections from the Heart. If so, you might consider participating in a Gospel Reflection group. 
for information on locations and times of Gospel Reflection Groups, or how to start a Gospel Reflection Group in your area, please visit our website at stewardshipmission.org and click on Gospel Reflection Groups, or call us at 717-367-0100. Stewardship, a mission of faith, is a 501c3 nonprofit organization and depends on donations from people like you to make Reflections from the Heart possible. If you enjoyed this broadcast, please prayerfully consider making a tax-deductible donation by visiting our website or calling us at 717-367-0100. On behalf of David and the staff here at Stewardship, a Mission of Faith, thank you for listening. And until next time, May God bless, protect, and guide you on your journey home to Him.